What up, peeps? Welcome into Unscripted and Unprepared, brought to you by the fine folks at Real Screen Magazine. I'm Jimmy Fox, and this episode is my sit-down with Long Island's own Sharon Levy, Executive Vice President of Original Series at Spike Network. Now, many of you in the unscripted circle of the business may feel you know Sharon pretty well, but this episode should hopefully provide some added insight into further understanding this woman who I consider to be the badass of all badasses. We talked about her early plans to become a renegade prosecuting attorney like you see on Law & Order, uh, our favorite roller skating songs growing up, and her role at Comedy Central during the initial launch of South Park and The Man Show. All of this, of course, before her arrival at Spike, where she has shepherded that network through three very different phases, leading up to where they are now with shows like Lip Sync Battle and a growing scripted division reshaping the brand of the network. So a lot of great stories and business-related anecdotes to swap, but most importantly, I think Sharon and I really bonded over our mutual admiration for Pierce Brosnan and how he is, without question, the most handsome man in the history of the world. Now, you may be thinking, okay, I thought I downloaded a podcast all about the unscripted television business. What does Pierce Brosnan have to do with any of that? Absolutely nothing. Enjoy the show, everybody. Thanks for having me in the Spike offices. You like it. It's pretty swanky. Okay, you walk in, and the first thing out of your mouth is, I may need to answer the phone in the middle of this. Yes. And why is that? Well, twofold. One, my kid is at camp, and it's day one of camp, so I like to stand by the phone in case of some kind of meltdown. Okay. And, you know, we're like in the middle of 400 series, pickups, pilots, scripted, and if I need to get to Kevin, I need to stop for five minutes because the man is elusive. That's Kevin K. That's Kevin K, my boss, and if, if he calls, I need to catch him. No, sure. Or I can miss my window. It's like going behind the moon. I could get into the whole Kevin K spike power of it all, but I really want to talk about the sports camps. Oh, the sports camp. Most importantly, yeah. So I dropped my tiny. You have a grid. Have, is that a grid sitting in front of me? That's that not my camp grid. Okay. Because you talked about a grid you made just okay. to organize various camps. Okay. You will know this, Jimmy, when your child is older, but when school ends, you, you need a plan. How old You're, is he? He's nine. Okay. And he likes lots of different things. <clears throat> and like when I grew up on the East Coast, you went to day camp, or I went to day camp, not sleep away. My mom worked there. But isn't it more common for East Coasters to go to sleep away? I think a lot of – you know, it's funny. I never wanted to go to sleep away camp because my junior high school started in seventh grade. Right. And none of my friends went to sleep away camp. Really? Yeah. I thought that was like a rite of passage I think for it all is. East Coasters. I mean, a lot of people, yes. Me, it, it somehow, I was like, let's go to the town pool and probably get into trouble. Right. Like, I was more inclined to trouble with my friends. No, I, did, I had no doubt. Roller skating was very serious. It was the 80s, Jimmy. Wait, roller skating in the streets or roller skating? No, roller skating a- at the Levittown Roller Rink. So what was the go-to roller skating song? What was that? What was the uh, burning up? Burning up. Ladies only. Skate was burning up. Wait, Burning Up? Yeah, I'm Burning Up. Oh, you okay. You remember that song? You know what my roller skating song was? Well, you're younger than me. I am I younger guess. than you, but it doesn't mean I don't have a song. Was it George Michael's Freedom? <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. No, mine was uh, Now That We Found Love by Heavy D and the Boys. Oh, that's a good one. That was my roller skating song. Yeah, I was more. it was more like 80, I mean, anything by Def Leppard. Sure. It was that time. <laughs> so flash forward to now. So yeah. your son is so in my a son's sports at camp. day yeah. camp. Well, so I had to 
block out his summer, and he has many interests. We bought his first Jordans yesterday. That's a big moment. Yeah, except I didn't know that you really weren't supposed to play basketball in them. That's another thing you come to find out. I, yes. I don't. So a woman at the nail salon told me that. No, I, I yes, I had a buddy who always bought two. Okay, you, but you buy two Jordans, one to play in or one to wear, and one just to keep and never. Yeah, wear. I mean, I this whole sneaker, this is not my jam. I have Steph Curry's. Yeah, I'm, none of that will matter. To Limited me. edition Steph Curry. I'm sure you do. I'm sure and you I don't s- wear them. Are you one of those people that like sleeps out at Undefeated for sneakers? No, I'm definitely not one of those. I was buying the Jordans <laughs> simply because they were on sale. Right. They were next to my nail salon, and he needed high tops. I was like, oh, these will be great for basketball. And then a woman at the nail salon is like, no, no, no. He he was there with me. Right. My husband's out of town, so I had to bring him with me. Oh, so nice of you to bring your son to the nail salon. He gets massage. He loves it. Are you serious? Yeah, they just do his arms. He goes crazy. I want to be sure and leave his nine-year-old son. He's pretty cool. He's already getting spa treatments? He's got Jordans, and he gets a massage. Yeah, so this woman's like, he can't play basketball in those. Like, what do you mean? They're they're basketball sneakers. Like, when I last, you know. He'll tear them up. Yeah, but I yeah. So then I had to order like Nikes on set. It's okay. He's gonna outgrow them anyway, in a year and a half. So anyway, so he's there today. He's at camp. How annoying is it when they're not in school? It's not really because he go. He loves camp. I mean, and and we try to make sure that he's doing stuff that constantly keeps his brain going, so he doesn't you know forget. I I actually I did a mean thing. I think, but I made him you know when he comes home from school during mm-hmm. the year he does homework. Right. Then he's allowed to like watch a little media or, or whatever. Sure. Sometimes he gets home pretty late because <clears throat> he has a lot of after school stuff. But mandatory is homework first. So now I'm like, oh my god, the thought of him coming home from camp. I'm still here. I do not want him like cracking out on the Xbox oh, right. for like 12 hours because there's no homework. There's no homework. So now there's. I made a reading log like he has at school, <gasps> and now he has to come home and read 20 pages of any book. Before he starts any kind of iPad media situation, does he give you a report? He was cool. He's going t- to, yeah. He's 20- going to do a three sentence summary. So let's go back to you. So you grew up on the East Coast. Yes. Where? So I grew. I was born in Brooklyn, but I'm not that cool. I was raised on Long Island. Yeah, you do not get that voice by growing up in LA. I know it's awful. Um, raised on Long Island, East Meadow, and lived in you know lived in New York my whole life until in 1999, Comedy Central moved me to LA. Got it. Long Island. Long Island. A lot, a lot of celebrities grew up on Long Island, right? Didn't Jerry Seinfeld grow up on Long Island? I believe so. I think. Uh, did Howard Stern grow up on Long yeah, Island? Yeah, for sure. Howard Stern. Oh, oh, Billy Idol. Um, not Billy Idol. That'd be awesome. Billy the Joel? Piano guy. Yeah, Billy, Billy Joel. Joel. Billy Joel. Oh, that's, yeah, super, super New York. famous. Right. Super New York. Super famous Long Island guy. Were your parents super into Billy Joel? No, I don't think so. They might have just missed the Billy Joel trend. Yeah, I think my parents, you know, music was not a big thing in my house. What did your dad and mom do? Well, my dad worked for the IRS forever. Really? He retired, yeah. IRS man. Huh. And my mom, uh, they're both retired now, but my mom was an educator. She was, like a, I think, a second grade teacher until me, and then uh, she went back to teaching preschool, huh. and she just retired last year. And is that why you maybe put a little bit more emphasis on the homework and the work habits at home with your son? I, because my mom was a teacher? Yeah. No, no, I think just because, I mean, you've got to. You have no choice. You have to... It's not like I'm a crazy mom up his butt and not letting him have any fun. I just don't want all the good stuff that happened to you know this year leave his brain. Any siblings? No, he's an only. No, you. Oh me, yeah, I have a younger brother. 
Okay. And you came out to where for college? So I went to SUNY Albany. Wait, what is that? Uh, State University of oh. New York at Albany. So it's like your UCLA or it's a state I don't school. think it's quite the UCLA. SUNY Albany, SUNY Albany here's an interesting <laughs> thing. I've ever heard that college mentioned. In I don't, well, the SUNY schools in New York are a big deal. There's like okay. Binghamton. Binghamton, so yes. I've heard of Binghamton. You've heard of yes. all of those. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, this was a bizarro thing, but I thought I was going to be an attorney. What kind of attorney were you going to be? Like a TV attorney? No. I didn't even know what TV was. No, I mean no. like a Matlock? No, like a Sam Watterson on, on yeah, Law and Order. Yeah, like a Law and Order. Like yeah, you were going to be gonna, a like, badass. Yeah, send people to jail. Prosecuting attorney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Like trial lawyer. Okay, I can very much see that. That like, would have been good, right? I can very much see why you would have thought that and why your parents would have told you you'd be good at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were so excited. But I went to a college that was like it's known for getting into decent law schools. You go there, you get into law schools. There's okay. a good history program. A lot of lawyers are either history majors or English majors. Okay. So that's why I went there. And you lived away from home for college? Yeah. Uh, Albany was, I think it's like a two and a half hour drive up the Taconic Parkway. Have you driven that? <laughs> no. I've Everyone never... clips their mirrors. <laughs> it's an incredibly fit. I think there's someone died. Was it James Dean? Somebody no, famous died James, on the Taconic. James Dean, I believe, died um, in California. On one of the somebody died roadways. on that that highway. I swear, you you kind of come out of New York City, and it is so narrow, and there's this really famous guardrail in the middle. So it's like two lanes and two lanes, and it's skinny. And on one side is like a foreboding wall of death, like just rocks, and on the other side is this horrible little railing. And with the traffic going in the opposite direction, the lights coming through the grating of the railing can really affect your vision. Blind you when you're yeah. driving. I think I clipped two mirrors off my Mazda 626. Oh. It was pretty sweet. You were riding fancy. Yes. I was riding dirty. Okay. So you are away from home. Yeah. Two or so hours away from home. Yeah. Think you're going to be a lawyer. Yes. And you're listening to 80s hair bands. I mean, by then I probably had moved on to like the cure. Okay. Oh, you know so I mean? you were going Come through on. like your all- No, no, D-Light. What was that band? No, by then there was different. Okay, music. 90s. So what, Def like- Leppard was in the rear view. Okay, so mirror. 90s. So we're talking like four non-blondes. Yeah, like, like all that kind of groovy stuff. R.E.M.? Yeah. Oh, totally R.E.M. Pearl yeah. Jam? Of course. But that might have been over by then or was that just starting? I can't remember. Pearl Jam? Yeah. When was that? Uh, That was probably just getting strong. Okay. Yeah. I just remember, Metallica? yeah. Metallica? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I love Italian. Yeah. There was no iPods then. So you were stuck to the radio. Okay. So you are away from home. Yes. And what, what part in college did you realize I'm so not going to be a lawyer? You know, I really wasn't convinced I wasn't going to be a lawyer till pretty much the bitter. Actually, it was until I realized I had to go to more school. Got it. I mean, to be flat out. I Wait, was it like, took you four years I to can't. learn that there was law school after college? No, no, no. I just couldn't handle – by the time I was a senior, I didn't – I couldn't right. comprehend having to go to more school. You were spent. I just wanted to go out into the workforce. Got it. But I did, I did one thing, two things that kind of redefine how I thought, oh, this is what I'll do for a living. One was I did a public relations internship. At the theater in Albany, which is called The Egg. Okay. It's kind of a famous building because it is shaped like an egg. Okay. And it is the Performing Arts Center, pretty much. So concerts come to town? More like plays. It was really – and I worked for this man named Ron Nicole. I was just an intern, you know, okay. and he was the head of publicity. So that's kind of how I learned 
the beginnings of publicity. And then my most favorite internship was working at, it was then I think an NBC owned affiliate and I was a news intern. And that's when oh, I yeah. thought, I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be Christiane Amapour. Then I was like, I'm going to be a hardcore journalist. Got it. But then I realized I didn't want to go to journalism school. Wait, you, and I didn't want to go to like Missouri. Wait, so you thought you were going to have to go get a master's in journalism? Yeah, I mean, I, yes. I thought I was going to go to a, a, a school for journalism. But more importantly, I knew that I wasn't going to be like, oh, hey, you're so – let's put you on the Today Show. or Like I was going to have to go to Kansas. I went down, I went down the same route, by the way. But I won't go to Kansas. No, no. It same was thing. a hard car – like forget this. I'll just pivot. Same thing. I, had, I, I worked at – I interned at my NBC affiliate. Oh, my God. Where? In, in Northern California. <laughs> Salinas. Isn't it fun? It was great. It was right. fa- and and I, they let me cut like my own little like fake reports. Oh, you edited? Like in the, I didn't edit anything, but I got an editor to help me out, and I did that's my little, pretty good. My little stand up in the field. You'd be good. Reporting You'd on like agriculture and stuff. Whatever, like, there's, there's nothing else. It's the, there's a locust. It's, com- it's, yeah, the, yeah, it's that's, the whole of Steinbeck. Yeah. It's the grapes of wrath, right? Right. So I uh, I had this reel that I cut, and I thought I was going to be like a sports reporter. I thought I was going to be like yeah. Bob Costas. Well, you have a good name for that, Jimmy Fox. I thought it worked, right? Live from World Cup. So, so I sent my tape, my VHS tapes off to about 28, <laughs> 28 different small market stations. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I finally got a call uh, from Lawton, Oklahoma, from the news director. And I realized on that call, as I'm supposed to be impressing this guy, right. I found myself for like the first time in my life not selling myself Because you didn't want to go to Oklahoma. I didn't have it in me. I, right. I, re- I realized when push came to shove, I wasn't ready to leave – California, leave my friends, make $7 an hour. If you're lucky. If I'm lucky. Right. And every day of your life is the same thing. Like you're cutting highlights in a small little yeah. booth. I mean, it yeah. is, it is, they want the Albany, um, the, they had me logging sports footage for like a couple days. Yeah. And it was the worst. I right. didn't know anything because I don't know anything. Right. I'm not the greatest. It was a good news covering. I mean, depressing, but it was it was an interesting look at what that life could would be like, and it's depressing. Right. I remember that I wanted to go out on a call. There was a, a cameraman and a journalist reporter that always would take me along with them, and this woman had gone missing, and the husband had called and said, "Oh my God, help, help! My wife's missing. I want to go on camera." And they wouldn't let me go. They're like, "No, you can't come." I'm right. like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "He did it." And I remember saying, like, what do you mean? They're like, anytime a husband calls and says, I want to go on camera, he's like, he did it. And sure enough, I think that day the police found her body in that yard. So I wasn't allowed to go. Did the news guys go? Yeah, they went. So they still went knowing it was – They went, but, like, they weren't going to take high Susie intern. Oh, my gosh. Into, like, serial murderer's house. Yeah, it was crazy. But I used to – I mean, I once ran out of our house. I ran out of our, I would call it a slum, actually. It was our college slum. And I ran into the street in my like full-blown flannel PJs because there was a car accident. And I literally thought I was like, I, what's her name from Superman? I was like Lois, Lois Lane. Lane. I was out there with a pad and a pen. Like I was going to get this story <laughs> of a fender bender. And I and actually do, got and do what with it? Call someone at the station. <laughs> this is your big break. It was my break. Your big moment. The crash in front of Fryhoffers. <laughs> the Fryhoffer outlet. Because you need an outlet for cookies. Okay. Remember? Do they even have Fryhoffers? No, no, I don't know what Fryhoffers are. That's in New York. It's like an Entenmann's chocolate oh. chip cookie. But it was Fryhoffers. I don't think they have them here. 
I, but for some reason, there was an outlet, as if you need a cookie outlet. Right. It was it was the reduced price right, so emporium for baked goods. P.S. That just equals stale. By the way, we had that. It was that, stale. It was the day-old stuff. Day-old stale That cookies. wasn't in supermarkets. Right. We had one of those with Entenmann's, by the way. You had a Entenmann's outlet? Yes. This is, this is, you just made me think of this for the first time in Where forever. Where was the Entenmann's outlet? When I was living in Santa Cruz you know, in high school, my mom, of course, who never bought the name brand – you know, cereals and things like we had cereals with names like Fruit Hoops, right? And like fake. Captain Munch, Imposter, Imposter yes. Fruit Loops, yeah, Cheery Use, and <laughs> and she found a place that literally was like an Entenmann's outlet store, that's where they had Entenmann's yeah. for like knockoff prices. Maybe that's what just happened in the baking world. That's an interesting. I've I've not <laughs> thought about this forever, but this would have been this would have been mid nineties. Well. Had it gotten the shot, had cameras been invented back then, <laughs> the Fry Harvest outlet would have been in the background you know, the, of the, my crash. Well, little do you know that the crash wasn't the real uh, investigative news story. It was really how is this baked goods store selling under yeah, market may, prices? Yes, exactly. You could have cutting rated, the competition. You rated them. I know. That would have right, been a good one. So you interned for the, the yeah. theater. You interned in news. Yeah. So what was like the real first like gig out of school paying, that, paying Comedy job? Central. Comedy, mean, real, so you've been in Viacom, the Viacom yes. world that long? Your I've, entire career. I've done – well, I, I like to call it three tours because I've left. Oh, you have? I've left and come back. Comedy Central. And I think I'm, I'm, I've left long enough to not get a pension. It's like some <laughs> right. awfully unfunny thing that I've done. You've mathematically eliminated yourself. Yeah, I've yourself. eliminated myself from like a pension. No, so I, I started in development as an assistant in, at Comedy Central. In New York. In New York. Working for a lovely woman named Gloria Banta, okay. who was one of the first prominent female writers ever in hmm. comedy. Be- you know, Tony Danza's character on Taxi is named after Gloria Banta. Really? Yeah. She wrote for Taxi. Okay. I've- She's fantastic. I was an awful assistant. Wait, but as a writer, what was she doing at Comedy Central? Well, she was, I think, I can't remember her title, but I think she was like the vice president of development. Oh, so she'd become a development executive. Yeah, I just showed up to be her assistant. Okay. And at the time, Comedy Central was owned half by Viacom and half by HBO. Oh, interesting. So remember when... Because they had all those amazing old stand-up specials, like... The rising stars of comedy. Yeah, I mean, when I was there, it was like Dennis Miller taking on the State of the Union. Right. um, the birth of the Daily Show with uh, with uh, Craig Kilborn. Right. You know that was going on at the time when you that were was there. old school. Yeah. The original Daily Show. The original Daily Show. Yeah. yeah. So Doug. Um, so I was there. I'm trying to even think who was the president. I think it was Bob Creek. Okay. Right. It was not Doug. You were the worst assistant ever. I was the worst assistant ever. Like just. But some of the best executives awful are the worst assistants. I mean, the woman left for France. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like I would fire someone. That, that doesn't sound like your she fault. She left for France and I did not check her voicemail. She had 32 messages. The entire I'll never trip? forget the number. It was 32 messages. Yeah. And I, it didn't even dawn on me. <laughs> it didn't occur to you that she that might I should to... check a voicemail. But how would you even like get word to her at the time? I don't know. I don't know. It was just not good. I was not good. Gonna but mail thankfully, her a... I then moved into the publicity department oh. as a departmental assistant, which I was much better at. Got it. Um, and hilariously, my first press release, I was so excited. They let me write a press release. I couldn't believe it. And it was so riveting because the press release was announcing satellite coordinates. I'm not making this up. As to where we would be beaming up our EPK. Oh, my For gosh. something. Highlights for something. So I had to write 
very accurate, <clears throat> you know, coordinates. Yes. Kind of like NASA. Like longitude, latitude. I was very excited. Things were happening. So my first press release, yay, coordinates, shoot, you know, the um, the it goes out, and then I get a call from from a journalist who's saying like, hey, you know, it's not where you say. I'm trying to pull down these clips, and it turns out a meteor had hit my satellite. <laughs> What? A meteor hit my satellite and moved it. Yeah, that was my first inaccurate press release. Probably not the last, but uh, I'll never forget that story. Like, a meteor. What were the odds? Apparently pretty high. How can you confirm it's a meteor? Well, I don't know. Satellite? The tech people told me. Operations told me. I, I, what else is hitting it? Space debris? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. But something hit it and moved it. So, uh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, I think you're the first person I've ever met that has a meteor story. That's pretty good, right? I'm seeing. By the way, I'm, I'm already. I'm already <laughs> seeing a whole other whole other side of you. By the way, I'm. I'm okay. Never would have thought. Okay, roller skating girl in oh, high yeah. school. Big hair. Uh, big like, hair. Like little liquid eyeliner. Lois Lane storming out for a <laughs> yeah. car crash. I'm gonna get the scoop. I'm gonna get the scoop, boss. And then yeah. here you are, all giddy and excited over your first press release. Yeah, meteor. Yeah, so you're kind of a softie, really. Oh, everybody knows that. You act surprised. You've known me for how long now? No, I know. You've you, known me forever. I have known you a long time. And right. you've surprisingly, I am a softie. you've surprisingly always been like, because I never had like a great show with you. Like, I didn't like develop a relationship with you over like a five, six season long no. partnership. No, I, no, no. I sold you my first show at Real Screen, by the way. What was that it one? It was that awful oh, show. Oh, the guy who got drunk and fell down? Carlot Rescue. You know, it could have been good. Could have been good. Could have been good. And, and, you gotta try. But that, by the way, you were the first thing I ever sold straight to series at right. real screen. Great. Uh, <laughs> so, better better story for me than it is for you. Yeah, true. But anyway, but you were always so kind and good oh, to me thank you. for no reason. Cause again, I wasn't in the <laughs> trenches no with reason. you and I didn't sell you great things at the time. But like when I was getting ready to leave Electus, you were the first person to say like, Oh, I'll line you up with a meeting with so-and-so and you should meet so-and-so. Yeah. And you were giving me advice. Well, you have to like, I love mentoring people. I always have. That's important. And I think when you find someone smart and good, you should treat them well and help them. I would hope somebody would help me. Well, did you have that first mentor within Viacom or whenever, whenever I mean, you I've – jeez, that's a good one. Um, you know, Tony Fox, who is my first – real, like, you know, Gloria was my boss. But again, if you missed 32 messages, you might not be so nice to me either. Though she was always nice to me. But Tony Fox was really my first, like, inspirational – Who was that? He was the head of publicity. Okay. And he was um, a, an amazing team leader. His staff would have murdered for him. Right. Like, he's just an all-around great guy. Um, and so he was really, like, a, a lesson in how to how to treat people. I remember one of my first weeks working for him. I will not name this name. But a, uh, at the time, minor celebrity, now slightly bigger, um, called about an interview that didn't get connected. And at that point I wasn't even doing that. Yet. Right. I was just answering phones. So called pick, I picked up the phone, tried to help as best I could. Everybody was at lunch. And this person screamed at me and kind of your amazing, like celebrity. celebrity yeah. Man. As only that could happen. And I was what? 22. <laughs> I think I could have burst into tears, but I didn't. But when he came back from lunch and I explained what happened, I literally heard him pick up the phone and call that person and threaten to beat the bejesus out of them if they wow. ever did that to his staff again. So that was just an interesting moment in how to like, yeah, you 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 have to stand up for your people. I can't believe Kilborn talked to you like that. It wasn't Kilby. <laughs> okay. It, you know, Kilby was a doll. I, I love Kilby. Was he? 
He was a doll. He had great hair. Great hair. Great hair. He's, he's a funny guy. I've always liked Kilby. All right. So you were in publicity at Comedy yeah. Central, and then you took off and went where? Well, so I was in – how long was I there? I always wanted to move to L.A. That was, like, in my head. Okay. I grew up always wanting to move sure. in, like – I wanted to just be at the beach. I just wanted to be a California girl. Um, so I came – what did I do? Public- oh, and then – okay. Then I left and went to Sci-Fi Channel. Oh. Right. So I was at Sci-Fi I think for two years. Is this that was what, during the Rod Perth era. Is that what brought you to the West Coast? No. That was all in New York. And I loved it because you know I'm a huge. Well, yeah. I don't know if you know, I'm a huge sci-fi nerd. Okay. Huge. So that was like kid in a candy store. Loved it. Okay. Um, again, in publicity, got a pretty good raise. Like you know, when you leave a company, sure. you get a little more. And it was like a, a great time at Sci-Fi. Great time at USA. And then there was like talk of Vivendi buying one, but not the other. And uh-huh. lists were getting made. And like I don't know what was happening, but a lot was happening. Um. And then out of nowhere, my old boss, who I love, Tony Fox, called me up and said, listen, you know, there's these guys, and I don't know, and we think maybe you'd be good with them. Can you just, can you watch something? He took me to Remy, so I was suspicious because it was a nice restaurant. And he wanted me to come back, and what he had handed me was a VHS for The Spirit of Christmas, and it was South Park. Oh, wow. So he was like, can you come back and do publicity? No way. So I went back to Comedy Central under the condition that they moved me to California. So, and some kind of promotion. I don't know. So the big break is to run publicity for Comedy Central for South Park, which is just about the launch. Well, it's funny. You would think that would be the big break, but I don't think that's the big career break yet i think that's a very good step because you haven't stepped into development side no but that gets me to the west coast right you know and it gets me in front of and and had the best time in my life and it was you know i mean matt and trey must have been unbelievable they're the greatest yeah and but i met jennifer howell who was at the time their assistant now she's running i think dreamworks animation (laughs) you know um and one of my closest best friends so i got her in the bargain so they moved me to la in 99 and I went through this, the movie, Bigger, Longer, Uncut, with the guys, um, and it was awesome. But I had then was doing publicity also for Win Ben Stein Money. Love that show. That's how I met Jimmy. Jimmy Kimmel. <clears throat> so then The Man Show launches. That's right. And I become the, publis- the publicist for The Man Show. So you're and just around dudes. Dudes. Dudes, blown dudes all the time. Well, but, you know, I'm still doing shows with Adam. Right. All these years later. Right. So, so my man, the man show days were just the best. How many seasons of the man show go? You no, know, I don't remember. Like but, it's so long ago. And how, I mean, cause I know there was like the post Adam yeah, Jimmy run of man show. We don't talk about that. Yeah. Right. Season. That's like, yeah. We right. act like it didn't happen. Um, and I love Doug Stanhope. Like I love all of them, but you know, Jimmy and Adam were Jimmy and Adam. And we taped, I think two shows a day. The Fox was in the audience. Remember the Fox? He was the band leader. I just he, remember Girls on Trampolines. Girls on Trampolines. Yeah. I had to do that photo shoot. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Juggy Vanessa and Juggy Angelique. And Spike at this point? We weren't. And that was at Comedy Central. No, Spike I know. Spike at this point. Did Spike even exist? Um, I think at that time it was TNN. So there's a lot right. of hunting and fishing. That's right. And stuff. Yeah, so I met um, all the Man Show fellas and I met David... Stanley and Scott Stone, right. and they were the production company actually making the Man Show. Where'd you shoot it? Hollywood Center. Wow, Hollywood Center Studios. Um, and they 
you know, noticed me and basically had wanted me to come run their marketing. Oh. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't feel like doing that. I had a really good thing at Wait, Comedy Central. Running marketing? Meaning at a production, when production companies want to hire like a marketing or their own publicity. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Which always seems to me like questionable. Like, right. let the network do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you spending your money on That's that? That's why I was asking. Yeah, no, Marketing is not really I know, a prog co position. Well, like, it, it was like the birth of integration. Yeah. So I was like, can we somehow? Yeah. So anyway, I then said no, and they, you know, took a huge chance and said, well, come run development. And I'm like, oh. I don't even know what a pilot means, but okay. They're like, yeah, you'll figure it out. So, wait, 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 hold on. Literally, so you're the publicist for their I, man show. I was, uh, I was like the director of Comedy Central's publicity, and David and Scott offered me a VP of development. And you've never developed a show in your life? Not in my life. You haven't even worked in production? Nah. No, I've been on set a million times, right. but no. But you haven't I don't with... actually know how to turn the walkie on. Right, right. That right. is accurate. <laughs> right, you haven't done yeah. notes. You haven't no, no, like, no, no. had to put out a storyboard or like talk story with anybody. Nope. What a huge, huge so – is that, is that the breakthrough that's job? That's the break. That yeah. is you – know, and so then I, I think I was there for f- over five years running wow. development. We sold everything, the mole, pop stars. Yeah. I was like the queen of MIP. That's where, that's where Ben and I became good buddies. That's where because, Ben Silverman. Oh, I would just stare out that hotel window at the Majestic. <laughs> I have a good story about that. And watch Can Ben you share? Like, float. Oh, yeah. This is pretty good. Okay. So – is this while you're working for – Yeah. Okay, so so one of the big things was at the time formats, right. which, you know, Ben really ushered in. Right. So, like, you have to go to France. I'm like, I have to go to – this sounds terrible. I have to go to France. I'm like, okay. So we book my travel. I'm like, what, 30, 31? I don't know how old I am. I'm like a kid. First time going to France? Uh, yeah. First time going to – I mean, I went eight times working for them, twice a year for oh, six no. years, I guess, right. five – I don't know. Anyway, I – so I go, okay? It's literally like Indiana Jones in my mind. Like you see the marker. Going <laughs> go across, across the, the map. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. some cool music playing. <laughs> I'm in business class. I think I'm so cool. Yeah. So I get to the Majestic. And by the way, first off, the shows you just mentioned, Stone, like they're making a crap load of money at this crap point. Crap load. Yeah. God they're, bless they're, them. They are rolling in it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring them more, baby. In that era of reality <laughs> television, they yeah. are making bank. I'm going to roll yeah. in even more. Yeah. So um, – Maybe I flew with Decker. I can't even remember David Decker. But anyway, I get there to the Majestic, and it turns out that there's like a huff a fuff as I'm checking in. And I don't speak French, and I'm not really understanding the huff a fuff. What is A huff a fuff is just like my, my it, word for like energy is happening okay. behind the Okay, a rustle. The desk, like okay. a, a murmur. I thought it was a, a, one of the houses in no, Harry Potter. No, it's a huff a fuff. Okay. So this very polite Frenchman pulls me aside and says, Miss, we understand that you are friends with the prince. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? The prince? I'm like, what? Is there a prince in France? I'm like, what is he talking about? And it turns out somehow my name got on a list of like wink, wink friends of the prince of Saudi Arabia, <gasps> a.k.a. I don't know, imported American lady friends. Oh, that list. Or some kind of list. I've got never it. asked. That's my own assumption. But I wind up on this list, right? So I'm like, uh, sure. He's my you- bestie. Cut to literally when they open the room to the majestic, oh. it is ginormous, like Pretty Woman style. No, it's like yes, it's Pretty Woman style. It's like Rain Man suite. It's like 
I shouldn't be here. Yes. Okay, this is clearly not the right room. <laughs> You're like, I'm clearly going to have to sleep what with a prince. I'm, I'm clearly, clearly going to have to, have to put out. I'm going to have to sleep with a prince. <laughs> Some guy <laughs> is going to walk in, and I'm like, maybe it's worth it. Right. This room's pretty good. Do I get the room for the whole week? Yeah, but how does this work? <laughs> yeah. So, Who's paying for I'm this? I'm getting sold. Who is paying stuff? for the room? No, I mean, was it they, so, no, 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 no. I mean, Stone, no, we paid for the room, but okay. I just got this ridiculous upgrade. Okay. I wasn't, like, I paid nothing for this oh a room. Yeah. So here's the best part of it. For the rest of my life, going back, I don't even know Shut what up. would happen out. Uh, my name's on a list. It's that room every time. I swear. It's like the opposite amazing version of, like, the FBI no fly list. Like, you, yeah, you, I'm you, on some, you're on the upgrade I'm on list. Some list. Yeah. At that hotel. At that hotel. For so life. now I haven't been back since I've worked at Spike. <clears throat> and I keep saying, like, I really should go. I haven't worked since you've worked at Spike. You've well, been here for how long? I've been here forever. Ten years? Ten years. You haven't been back to the Majestic, even with your husband, just to, like, see the No. Room? No. I haven't gone back. Oh, my gosh. Is that crazy? I've been it's to crazy. Paris on vacation, but I didn't go to Cannes. Unbelievable. I know. I've got to get there. I've got to see if it happens. <laughs> I want to know if I'm still on a list. <laughs> and I, like, it's been revoked. So did you go from Stone to Spike? Yeah. So then – so I'm at Stone Stanley and then probably one of my favorite things I ever got to be part of was yeah. the Joe Schmo show. Oh, sure. So that's how I really became friendly with Kevin Kay. Oh, wow. Okay. So he was the then, I don't know, GM or pres- – GM probably at the time or president or head of – I don't even remember – um, but he was the boss. I didn't realize that you were on yeah. the producing side of Joe Schmo. Yeah, I was listed as an executive consultant, but I, Paul and Rhett were our amazing writers, creators, and I with them and Pat Melton and JMO and Joe would cast the whole thing. And, and that was 2003? I don't I, remember. I vividly remember watching it might be. as a senior in I college. I loved the first season. Yeah, it was of that amazing. Show. I'm in it. Are you? You got to go back and watch, man. My Wait. chandelier earrings are oh, all over. Are that you? Thing. Oh, because you're in the control I'm in room the, control the whole time. You're like in the Ashton position, I'm, right? Um, I mean, well, you're, there was a ton of us, but right. we're all in there. You're in the garage. Oh, I'm in the garage. I'm all over that thing. Oh my god, gotta go back. You got to watch it. Watch the last episode. Wait, what do you wear? You wearing hoop earrings and stuff? No, it's funny. In the very last episode, I'm, I've got these like ginormous chandelier earrings on that are just like flanging all over. As yeah, it's just a. Did you cry? Did I cry? No, you know when I cried? The finale, you didn't cry? When he started I crying? was very upset about Brian because what we had done was we had intentionally put Brian Keith Etheridge, who at the time was our writer, and then we decided to put him on camera as the buddy. We put him in the audition. Right. <clears throat> so that I knew they would they would have that camaraderie. He, they, would reckon, they would recognize each other yes. once they got to the house. And so I just felt really bad. I was just really worried about Brian. Got it. Um, but my car broke down. <laughs> On the way home. After the finale. After that finale, I, I don't think I've ever had a broken out car, but I'm driving home at like 2 in the morning from Westlake Village yep. to Santa Monica, far, and on the 101, I got a flat. And I was so tired. I, I called AAA. I called my husband at the time. He, I forget what. Yeah, you know, he's like, they'll be there, honey. Don't worry, whatever. And the guy showed up, and he was like, out of central casting, creepy tow truck driver. Yeah. Like, he was a little unnerving. You're in the pitch black. It was, like, part of the one-on-one where there's, like, zero people, no lights. Right. And I just remember as he's, like, talking to me, thinking, like, this is, this is like, how a horror movie starts. Like, <laughs> the girl is going to get 
So I literally was like edging towards his crowbar just to like stand near it. Sure. Because I thought if something happened, I could get I'll to be, the crowbar. I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be the girl that gets the crowbar. And then he looked at me with like terror. <laughs> like, what is this crazy person like, doing near wh- the crowbar? Why is she eyeballing the like, crowbar? She, if, oh, should I be? And then I was like, oh, if he's scared of me, I think we're probably okay. And I it turns out he was just a tow truck driver I think that fixing Sharon my car. I think that's Sharon Levy in a nutshell right there. <laughs> the, the guy's <laughs> like, okay, this woman, I'm just trying to help I'm this woman. I'm just fixing this flat. I'm just a guy with six kids back at my crap house. I was house. so emotionally drained from the finale <laughs> that I just was like, anything could happen. Nothing was real. You right. know, it was like all an illusion. So you came in and Kevin K says, you know. Well, so then what happened after that? So we also did Oblivious, which was a great show. At the time, I think Doug is at either USA or Fox. I can't even remember. Okay. And then basically when Doug comes back to Viacom at comedy, right, and then he takes Spike at some point, Mm -hmm. Kevin and Doug both at the same time called me about coming to the network side to be, I think think it was like the SVP of Unscripted. Which would be the head of Unscripted. Yes. Right. Yes. You'd be running development because there was because yes. there was no scripted. There was. There was. Was that Blue Mountain State era? Yes. So there was Poncho Mansfield was actually the EVP. Okay. And then I was the SVP of unscripted. Poncho and- Mansfield does sound like the most made up name ever. Oh my god. Do you not know Panchito, as I call him? I don't know Panchito. I don't know the okay, legend of Pan- Pancho Mansfield. You don't know the, le- the legend of <laughs> Tunisia. <laughs> Pancho is at E1. He's run oh, okay. He is the world's greatest person. Okay. He has this fascinating life where his um, family grew up all over, like in Tunisia. And he just feels foreign. Like he feels like <laughs> Well traveled. He just yes, he feels like we would always say, like, Pancho, we just want you like in a turban. He he has like a David Lean, Peter O'Toole. Like the most interesting man in the he's world. He's we used to call him that. We used okay. to literally call him the world's most interesting man. So okay. he's fantastic. So he's there as the as the me. And essentially. You're, and you're seeing unscripted and I'm, from day one. I'm the Chachi. And has Mansers come in yet? No, I brought me I'm I brought Mansers in, baby. Yeah, you're responsible you for Mansers. And I that was a format, was it not? Well man oh God. How do I even go? Mansers were so complicated. Wait, wait was, Man- there, was there a lawsuit I should know about? No, there wasn't okay, a lawsuit. Okay, good. There right. was just – Mansers started as – Spike had bought this format called Hey Spring of Trivia from Fuji. Okay. And it was like a celebrity panel game show. It was like oh. not going to work in my opinion and it was a fortune. So somehow – this like was like my first month at Spike. I somehow unwound that deal and convinced the Japanese – to do Mansers. And Kara and Adam had done such a great job with the Big Urban Myth. Right. And we knew this amazing showrunner, Mike Miller. So you, wait, you, you told the Japanese I somehow, that we're not going to pay you a format fee, but we'll allow I you don't be, remember but the, we'll be producers on this new No, show. I don't even – actually, I don't even remember any of the legalities of it. <laughs> I just remember I had to convince them that let's do this instead of that. Okay. And they went for it. And Mansers was on a long time. Did the format have like recreations about No, it was like literally had nothing. Forget it. Like there it was completely different show. Completely different show. How did then why how okay. I don't remember. I'm very charming. I'll wait I'll wait for I'm the I'm very charming. I actually don't remember all I remember was the man who was running Fuji brought me pink clogs. <laughs> pink crocs. Hot pink Crocs. I'll wait for the oral history of Mansers to, to delve yeah, in deeper to I'm really, yeah. The I'm backstory. putting out that DVD set. But yeah, Mansers and then what, Deadliest Warrior? Deadliest Warrior. I mean, Were Thousand huge. Ways to Die. Thousand Ways to Die. It was huge with Tom, yeah. Harris, and crew. 
There's only seven ways to die, by the way. And at the same time, you guys are pretty much... We were an all... Well, you got to remember, back then, Spike was... The Guy Network. Uh, the Young Men's Network. The yeah. UFC was super prominent. Yes. Okay, it was all mixed martial arts all the time. The other stuff we were doing was really to support young men. So Did... Mansers, Delius Warrior. I mean, Delius Warrior at a moment skewed 80% male. Right. Which is like unheard of. Right. It's insane. And a thousand right. ways to die. Did you guys also have WWE at any point? Yes, I can't remember. We did though. Because TNN had, definitely TNA. did. TNA. I, I I think WWE left before I got here. So WWE went to USA at some point, and then you guys got. And we had TNA. TNA wrestling. Impact. Yes. Right. Yes. Which I didn't have anything to do with. That kind of ran on its own. <clears throat> well, sports is like its, its own, own thing. thing. Got it. Okay. So yeah. So no, we did. Um, and then how yeah. many? And then how many years into that? Did we switch? Did you, well, you guys, you guys started to switch Auction from young dudes it. to like. Because I remember, I remember the time. See, I would have been in development at this point. So this is like we were trying to go older. We wanted we more go older. people. Well, it seemed like you guys now said that more of your contemporaries were going to be more than Nat Geo, Discovery, and Histories for a while. Because I remember you guys bought that, Cole, yeah, you know, which I and, loved. and you guys for that were, that yeah. meant more. We wanted some older men, yes, not just younger men. Right. It wasn't that we wanted like HD Snow, right, 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 right. But we wanted you wanted to age up. We wanted to age up, right. And so the kind of the start in that was really auction hunters, hmm. which did very well, did very well across um, young and older men. So well, that kind of started the rally, and then Bar Rescue, yes, certainly. So Bar Rescue gets brought in. How? Yeah. How? Tell me about um, how the pitch got brought in. That well, is... the the kind of two pivotal shows were really Bar Rescue and Ink Master. Yes. So Ink Master, Charlie Corwin and I were just constantly in communication, and maybe the coolest man. I love Charlie in the unscripted television uh, business. Well, he's unscripted now too. Oh, I know, but, but I mean, just he's just cool. Yeah, let's just say Charlie's cool. Yes. So we got along great, and he, I was in New York taking pitches and I remember just he and I being in this weird office. It was not, it was like one of those like hero will stick you in this office. Right. Like, and I never know my way around. Um, and I was like, well, what else you got? You got to have something. And he said, look, I have this thing. It's actually, at, I think it was TLC. He had done uh Dita Von. Yeah. No, uh, he had done LA Inc. LA Inc. Yes. With, um, what's her name? Yes. Yeah, that was his big show. What was her name? And he had Swamp People. Like he had, yeah, he yeah. had some killers. Yeah, he had and some he makes shows. beautiful stuff. He made a guide to recognizing your saints. Do you know that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Channing yes. Tatum. I no, mean, he's he fabulous. made he made Half Nelson. With so Ryan he um, Squid and the Whale. Squid and the Whale was yeah. his as well. Excellent, excellent yeah. movie. <laughs> he's the coolest career. But wait, so he basically then told me about Ink Master, and at the time it was conceived Just a as. Well, it was conceived as like almost chopped. It was right. not art. It was standalone. And, you know, arcs are scary yeah. for networks because, because when they go down, they go down hard. And there's no pilot. Yeah, I, I think it's scarier that when they go down, they go down hard. Right. You know? Yeah. And I remember like my son was in preschool and I was setting up for the um, preschool auction. <laughs> so I was at Casa Del Mar putting out flowers, which I had made. Right, okay. Okay, just to give you a little insight. This is pre-Pinterest, so that's very impressive. Yeah, it was pre-Pinterest. Yeah. Pinterest has redefined my life, yes. my craft life. <laughs> anyway, I, and I remember calling Charlie and like, look, I think we should arc it. I mm. think we should. And he was like, yeah, that's – because it was supposed to be But you just arc, said yourself, it's scarier. But it just felt right. Yeah. And it started arced and then it went to like 
chopped. And then I called him back, and he was like, it's the right call. And you didn't have Dave Navarro on board Well, Charlie got Dave on very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah, and then we found Peck and Nunez. And that show, we just concluded our seventh season, which I think when yeah. all the numbers come in, will be our highest rated. It's crazy. It is such a high-quality show. Mm-hmm. It's an art show. It's, you know... Dave's, they're all amazing. They're so lovely to deal with. And that was the show that initially brought the most women to Spike. Really? Yes. So does tattoo skew female? Well, you know, tattoos have traditionally been on more female networks like TLC. Right. But this brought in a perfect balance. I mean, it's it skews higher female. It's probably 54 okay. percent female. And did Bar Rescue? Bar Rescue is still about... 55 male, but it's close. Which is still yeah. 45% female still compared to traditional old yeah. spike. So, oh my God. Were, the, bu- were the building blocks I mean, still I where you want to go? I think one of our biggest accomplishments is really how fast that all happened. Right. I mean, it's like moving the Titanic. That thing can't turn that quickly. And we turned it really fast. And that's a huge amount of my unbelievable marketing team. You know, last yeah. year we went through the rebrand and when you look at if you look at the old Spike logo, the Chevron, it literally yeah. – it's closed off, uh, yeah. literally closed off. It's outlined. It's right. pointing down <laughs> like a big arrow. Um, <laughs> and, you know, when they were looking at, like, how are we going to do scripted and how what what logo is going to represent us and, and show that we've grown up and show how far we've come. And I think they did an amazing job. But it really does take a village. But let me <clears> ask you the question that – Maybe people never really think to ask you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because you wanted to start skewing and bring more women in. Mm-hmm. And that's what New Spike is about. And I want to get to that. But why? Like, why, why bring more well, women in? Well, that's – I mean, look, I think the moment that the UFC and Spike ended their relationship, there was a huge opportunity, okay? Without the NFL or without, you know, some other giant sports purchase, mm-hmm. a young male network is not going to do what a big – broad network can right. from an ad sales perspective from a ratings perspective so when we looked around the house within the viacom house there was really nobody else set up to be technically a general entertainment network right and that was a white space we could move into that would have great business applications for you know sales dollars um, making us more attractive to the mso's there was a lot that went into it and right. that's why we decided okay we're going to do scripted but and we're going to do it well. So your competitors now would be A&E? Like I can't even think of other networks that skew 50-50 that have that broad range of formats. Well, I think USA, TNT. But uh, USA doesn't do near the unscripted. No, but they have a lot more sports. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, they've had wrestling. We've had wrestling. Right. Like I think it's the, it's, the, it's the broader general entertainment networks. But you guys did find a, a fantastic kind of void in the market where you have USA not doing a lot of unscripted. Right. And then right. A&E does do both. Yeah. And they're kind of like, you know, I mean, because as a seller, there's not a lot of places I can think of. But I don't think our taste is the no, same. No, not at all. Not you at know, all. I just, we, mean, I just mean having a 50-50 male-female yeah. broader, yes. broader range in terms of storytelling. There aren't a well, lot. Well, I don't know what FX's splits are, but I bet they're broader. Than but they don't do. do any unscripted. That's true. You know, and that's all, and that seems all guys for the most part to me. Like the comedy. I don't do. know if that's true, though, but we should. The I drama's definitely not, but I feel like their comedies always lean more male. Yeah, right now we don't have comedy for now, and and that's like I'm like let let's get drama right. And we'll yeah, do so that. tell me about this. So, 
Well, sh- I don't want to. Sk- I don't want to get the drama first because I want to. I don't want to gloss over lip sync battle, which is like a huge juggernaut. I mean, that is all Casey Patterson and Kevin K. They, okay. you know, that is where did that juggernaut? Where did that come Casey in? Casey brought it to Kevin. Um, it was going to be a special. Who was Casey? Casey Patterson was at the time our EVP of. Um, what I what was her exact title? She was the EVP of like specials and events. And she's not she did anymore? Guys Choice. No, now she has a huge successful production company. Oh, smart. So she yeah, she okay. vaulted out of network life and So we shouldn't Casey feel bad we shouldn't feel no, bad we for Casey. Should feel thrilled and lucky that we have <laughs> yeah, Casey. Envious of Casey. Yeah, no, Casey does Guys Choice. She did the uh uh MTV Movie Awards. It was brought through the specials department. Yeah. Well, now she's her own company, but she brought in Lip Sync to Kevin out of the specials department. Got it. And she is the executive producer. That is her company. She oversees it. And it's slaying. Like, I feel like... It slays. Everyone wants their Lip Sync battle now. Well, I mean, (laughs) yes. Everybody wants what works. But it's impossible to duplicate. Yeah. Well, no one can book anything like Casey can. Yeah, right. She's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the new wave of Spike and where we're headed next. Yes. Dramas, scripted, legit. Legit Like like premium cable level. Like legit Yeah. Like, I know. It gets me so excited. But you're not competing. I at the mouth. You're competing with the Netflixes and AMCs of the world for scripts and pitches now. Oh, it's – look. I mean, here's the thing. It's, and I mean that in like a – I, I mean that in a, in a brutal, complimentary way. But it's let's, – let's just take it from this though. You're competing for everything. Yeah. Unscripted – and you know me. Like I love my unscripted. And you do I'm not – I'm not one of those – And you do not like to lose. I hate lo- losing. Yeah, yeah. Losing is for losers. <laughs> so I no, I hate losing more than anything. But, you know, I think you have to be just really passionate about getting stuff. You you say, like, why are you so nice? That comes in handy. Yeah. When you really want something and there's five people going for it mm-hmm. outside of the deal. And okay, all, well, give me – so give, yeah. me, give me the pitch then. So I'm, I'm like A-list writer guy. I've got the rights to The Mist, which is one of your new series that's going to be coming know, out I'm next so year. I know. I'm so excited about Based it. on the Stephen King novel, right? Yeah. It's written by a genius. And Frank, Frank Darabont had done the movie. He had done the film, yeah. This is with the Weinsteins. Right. And okay. So big package. Yeah. So we're taking this project out. Hashtag Bob. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're working with Bob on it's that? hashtag Bob. All right. So, so you're working with the Weinsteins. You're working with A-level brand yeah. with Stephen King, all of Right. That. And I'm taking the pitch out everywhere as right. Bob Weinstein. And I and I have USA, AMC, and Amazon that want to make Well, I don't know if they did. No, but I'll just say. Because, well, you know Bob's going to tell you that anyway. Yeah. They're well, gonna, I'm sure gonna, he did at the time. They're going to tell you you're not the only one. I mean, look. Okay. That's, What's the pitch to do it at Spike? I mean, I think the pitch for us is is the same pitch I, I gave to, honestly, Ben Kingsley to do Tut. Like, yeah. we're, we're going to take care of you. Yeah. You know, we think through our marketing. We think through our research. We get behind something 100%. Yes. You will not be one of 15. You will yeah. be one. Right. You will be the only baby. Right. Um, you know, we had our marketing meeting for Bob, like a preliminary meeting, just saying, like, here's our methodology. Here's what we could do. And he was blown away. Yeah. So I think in a lot of regards, we are really best in class. Oh, by the way. And by the way, I love my friends who are all buyers. You know, I'm sure. because I was a seller. Those are my friends. Right. Um, and I don't know the inner machinations of other channels the way I know ours, but – because I think I get so I get very invested in making sure that we succeed, mm-hmm. and so I am very singularly focused in that. Well, your marketing, going back to your guys' ability to to push mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, when Tuck came out, yeah, it, it was, was everywhere, everywhere. Well, we had to, you know, you ha- you knew it was going to skew older. It was a period piece. We had to say we're going to do this for real. So, like Tut was done also for. 
just the sheer audacity of it to show the community right. that we, we're not talking about putting on something that looks bad. Right. We're talking about putting on something that could win a couple of awards or, you know, and, and it was really important. And, and The Mist, I think, Christian wrote an amazing script and my team found it and brought it to me and said, we should do this. And I think at the moment I was like, oh, the movie was already out. Let me read it. And then you read the script and you read Christian's vision and you go, oh, this is legit. Right. This is a good script. So we bought it. And then we got so excited. We ordered a Bible or a format. I can't remember. And um, a second episode. Right. And then we just hit the trigger. And then went to series on it. Yeah. So, so you guys uh, haven't done a pilot yet. We're not doing a pilot. And that's, I think, a big... We're doing a first episode. I think that's a big leverage point, though, when people are competing, to know well, that Well, that's have kind it. of... But I'll tell you, Jimmy, that's standard now. Is it? I mean, like, when... Well, Amazon these... only does pilots. They're not going straight to series on stuff. Is that true? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean Netflix, Netflix only goes straight to series, but Amazon's But, like, FX will, like, the Tom Hardy thing. It AMC really depends. Is really, like, a real heavy pilot network, it feels. It just depends. It depends on the project. It's, right. like, look, it's great to get to work the kinks out in a pilot, and it's less scary. Yeah. But I think when you're looking for speed. Well, yes. There's no substitute. And if you have a great script, like, a really great script, yeah. and you have a great Bible or a great format, and you know where it's going, and everybody knows where it's going. And you know I your showrunner that, knows exactly where it's going. And you'll get better talent. You'll right. get better directors. Like, there's certain things you'll get more of because you're going straight series. But, look, if a humongous package, okay, with, like, super A-listers, they're going to go to HBO and Netflix first. Right. That's just where they're going. Amazon, Hulu, that's where – FX, right. AMC. Like, it's not like – Oh my God! If we don't bring this to Spike, we're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're self you're self aware of. of the I mean, current, like, I'm aware enough. The current position okay. you're at, right? So it's like, look, but three like, years from now, from three years from now, that'll be different, right? So I think you know, I I tell all my agents like I will get on the phone with your talent. I have no ego. Right. I get it. Let them hear the speech. I feel like I'm a pretty persuasive person, right? But other than that, like, you know, I think delusions of where you are in the food chain. <laughs> but it's always the scrappy ones they don't see coming. Right. So I'd rather be the underestimated underdog. I have a couple. I, have a couple, I just come from behind. I have a few more questions for you before we wrap up. But before we move any further, I want to just talk real quick. I read that you have a Pierce Brosnan project in development we did you unfortunately did. we're not okay i don't really forward. care about the project i just want to talk about pierce brows first i've time. never met him you didn't meet I him i didn't meet him he did send me a beautiful first of all i spoke to him on the phone he you did. couldn't have been more charming yes and he's an extra in my life because i see him <laughs> oh you see him on the west side i know no i see him believe it or not all the time on Kauai. because my we, husband and i our family we always go oh, on vacation Kauai. he's a home there he's a home there and I've seen him multiple, okay. multiple. So you have times. seen him. Oh yeah. Okay, because I I do a sports podcast on the side, and right. and me and my buddy on the side of your real screen. Podcast. My my real job and, <laughs> and this podcast. You're just becoming a mini raising a child. Or... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of balls in the air, but me and my buddy who we do I do the show with, we always get back to uh, this thing we share in that we think that Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> in his peak, in his prime. There's never been a more handsome man in the history like of the Like Remington universe. Steel Pierce? Yes, Remington Steel Pierce. That Ooh, and we've played and we've played this game. You've like, got Mel Gibson Gallipoli? I mean well, sure. I mean I, I don't know. That's I, I, I ran them really, all. I mean that's I mean, up there, man. I mean Tom Selleck, you know. Mm, uh mustache. Uh 
Kurt Russell. Ooh, like Big Trouble in Little China, Kurt yes. Russell. Don That's Johnson. Hard to look away from. Don Johnson. Mm. And I still think Pierce takes everybody. Well, he is. I'm talking just I eight by it. ten. I got it. I'm saying like take the whole re- package. Remove what you know about them as a human being. Remove, <laughs> remove what you think of them as well, an actor. The only thing just I the eight by ten slips on your desk. Right. I'm going with Pierce Brosnan ten times out of ten. That's our. Well, our, he was James Bond. I mean, come on. He has James Bond, yeah. He's a very handsome fella. Okay. He's a, I mean, I, again, I never got to meet him in person. I spoke to him on the phone. I've seen him. Yes. We didn't speak, but I've seen him physically. He's just exactly what you think he would look like. Yeah. Tucked in, beautiful, tall. 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 He's tall. And, 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 and cordial. And charming. Charismatic. Charming. Charming. Those Irishmen are charming. Yes. They are just charming. I had a meeting with him once. Me and Ben took a meeting with him. Oh, yeah. We were at the Beverly Hills Hotel. We had Polo Lounge. Of course you were. We had lunch at Polo Lounge with him. We were talking was about- he in like a white pant? <laughs> you know, I don't know if I he was in like a white pant, be. actually. But I feel like he did have a very expensive like sweater, like cardigan on. Yeah, you like know? an Hermes. Like he had just walked his dogs on the beach in Malibu. And, like, <laughs> right. You know, Sense. came Still in barefoot, yeah. barefoot into the Polo Lounge. And brought his favorite salad. And he's, you know, we're having this like <laughs> lunch and- we leave, and me and Ben are now waiting for our car at the valet. Right. And we both walk out, like, in silence. Right. Stunned by his beauty. Both walk out. And, <laughs> and we, we go out at the valet, and we're standing there, both waiting for our cars. And I finally just turned to him, and I go, okay, is it just me, or do you now have, like, the biggest man crush on Pierce right. Brosnan? And, and Ben was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we both, right. like, giggled like little girls after Right, right. Him. No, I get it. Yeah. He is uh, – he's dreamy. <laughs> All right. Few questions before we go. Rapid fire. Uh oh. True or not true? Oh my god! I'm doing this on a game show. You really are part of a female TV mafia clique. Of oh of my god, mafia. that is no, that is untrue. That's because untrue. I have a lot of friends that happen to be all women. Well, I have a lot of guy friends too. I have a lot but of this, friends. This particular crew. Yeah, I think again, mafia is a negative word. This is alleged. So I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say my girls, yes. You have a group of friends. Yeah. But you don't. You guys, you guys aren't a, a clique in any way. I don't think we are. I have heard that. But I don't <laughs> this, think we are. This has gone. Because you took offense to it quite I quickly. I did. No, because it's come up. And I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I'm adjacent. But, um, oh, you're not in the inner circle no, of I'm that clique? No, I'm the inner clique? circle. No, I don't, think definitely... it's, I don't think it's clicky. I think it's really big. Okay. Who's not in it? You Tell me who's in it. I mean, everyone. If it doesn't exist, though. Like, well, it's like Fight Club. You don't talk about it. Yes, you're right. Okay. Biggest pet peeve when people pitch you? Oh, easy. Not taking a pass. In the room? Just in general. Okay. If I, if I pass and I give you my like really well-crafted answer, <laughs> do not keep calling me about it. Okay. It makes me hate you. Anything for like aspiring producers like not to do in the room? Like when pitching? Hmm. You know what? Um... David and I can't take credit for this, but David and Scott taught me this, and I think it's valuable. You know how people sometimes leave handouts, right? Don't hand them out till the end of the meeting. Uh, yes, because if you hand them out, people start reading them and they oh, don't yeah. hear you. No, great tip by the way. That's something hot I, I, tip. It's something I always do now. Yeah. Is I don't even put them on the table. I just go off That's the screen. Right. That's one hundred percent. Because I control the flow of the meeting. That's then if, right. if I control the visuals, one hundred percent. If you, that's a good lesson for all the young. Producers. I guess any also like uh, like also like you know what you should do like whenever anybody tells you what to like how if to program I, your network. Like if I tell my husband what pizza to order, he gets so upset. Like don't <laughs> tell me what to do in my house. You right, because you haven't seen every piece of you research. Have, you haven't been through like <laughs> yeah. It's just I always find that annoying. Uh, last question. 
if you weren't working in TV, you'd be doing blank. Oh, florist. Seriously? I'm a really good florist. Never in a million years did I see that coming. Like, I wanted my own truck. I'm, like, now researching. A truck? That's a thing? Well, I don't see here's the problem. Like a food truck? No, like like I feel like if I was going to deliver flowers, I would need a cold truck. Oh, well, yeah, if you're going to deliver flowers, sure. Right. So I'm just saying, I'm thinking like, what's Doesn't it start with a store? Don't you need a store before you have a truck? I feel like, couldn't I do that out of my house and just do events? So you'd have like an app? Yeah, I'd be like a flower Uber app. (laughs) Some kind of flower situation. I love working with flowers. That's my jam. I love going downtown. That's why I, you know, you you think I was kidding about the preschool auction, but I literally did the flowers. By the way, uh, what? Oh God, uh, the um, the woman that oversees unscripted for Freeform, uh, she used to work at uh, a florist, like Mark's no, no, Garden no, 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 the actual like. Bras. Anyway, I believe that there's a, a great story that she was told she can't have fresh flowers in the office at the Disney building she's in. That can't be true. Yes, HR sent her a letter, and said. We can't have fresh flowers. You can't bring in your own fresh flowers into the office because people complain about the smell, the smell. being distracting. She told this story one day to Craig Pelligian. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think of her name. Carrie McCool. This oh, is Carrie McCool. Carrie McCool. Yeah. Right. This is Carrie McCool told me this story. And she told – I believe it's Pelligian. She told the story to Pelligian. And I believe the story is that once a month after hearing this – sent fresh flowers to her office because apparently if someone buys you flowers, you can have them in your office. Oh my God. You can't supply them yourself in that Disney building in Burbank. So Pelagian heard this and sent her fresh flowers every month for like years. I should put that out there just to see what happens. Have you, have you heard such a thing in the workplace? You can't have, no, you know, it's interesting though. Like in celebrity trailers, I know I always offer flowers and a lot of times celebrities say no. Because of allergies? Allergies or if you're a singer, your voice could get, you know, uh, affected. So that's a thing. Pollen is a thing, Jimmy. News you can use. News you can use. Yeah, but for like Mother's Day, I did all the flowers. <laughs> like I went down, down. So yeah, I have, an, I have a good exit strategy, Jimmy. <laughs> Camp manager and flowers. But the future is bright. Yeah, the future is bright. If the scripted thing doesn't work out. Screw it, man. Just going to learn about peonies. Uh, Sharon Levy, thank you for joining You are welcome, Jimmy. Thanks for having me.